0: You've probably heard a lot about Bitcoin lately, whether it's on the news, online, or because your weird mate Steve keeps banging on about how much his is worth. There's a lot of noise and information, and it can be hard to know where to begin. Coin Corner cuts through all the confusion with an easy to use site and a friendly customer support team on hand to help Coin Corner is a quick and easy way to buy Bitcoin in the UK. Visit coincorner.com and enter code FILMBTC at sign up for some free sats or small amounts of Bitcoin to get you started. Coin Corner The Pard Fix Network. Hello and welcome to episode 228 of the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them and how to try to F it up in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson and I am delighted to welcome on this week's show the fantastic Nora Lekos. Now, Nora is the director of the eight award-winning feature film, Hab, translated to cream in the UK and America. It won best film at the Paris International Festival and it is on HBO in July, which basically means now. Seek this film out. I loved it. It's like Amelie, but better. It's so, so It's a Hungarian film and Nora on the podcast talks all about how she went from award-winning shorts and TV to making Hab. She talks about what she learnt making TV and why there's only one place to apply for money in Hungary. She talks about the one-year development process and the 6 months pre-production you get and also what her writing process is like. What it's like working with others on a screenplay she talks about why you should apply for funds she also talks about why it's so important to take photos and videos on your location recce's when you're in pre-production because she says it is the most important time you'll find out why and when things go wrong why you shouldn't be ashamed that is all coming up for you with myself my co-host Dom Lenoir and the wonderful Nora Lacos now I as you know have been making the feature film Wolves of War I've been directing that for picture-perfect and signature entertainment and we have just finished week three of principal photography as you can probably tell from my voice I'm a little bit tired (laughs) We're out filming in the open air. I have lots of supporting artists. I have lots of people getting shot. I have lots of big, wide, expansive battle shots. And you need to raise your voice. (laughs) You need to be able to communicate when you're by the camera and they're at the far side of the field. And we only yesterday just got a loudspeaker, but I feel such a dick using it. But it's been such an amazing week on Wolves of War. It is my directed World War II movie and I can't tell you how delighted I am. I'm elated, I'm overwhelmed, I'm really emotional with the whole thing because my team have been incredible. It really is hard to find a team, I believe, who'd work as hard as these guys. It's amazing to watch, it really is. The production team, the crew, the cast, it's been brutal, (laughs) that's for sure. And it's been amazing. You know when you're doing huge explosions Which we have been You've got to make sure the safety implications are there Uh, There's huge emotional scenes There's deaths Spoilers But it is a war film Of course there's death. I actually took a moment Yesterday The sun was beating down Not uh, all week actually It's been The weather's been fine It's been that weather that's been great for filming It looks great It's not too hot It's not too rainy It's just perfect And then yesterday It was really really sunny And it was our last day of the week And everyone's knackered and we've been all working way too hard and the sun's beating down on your neck and it's really hard to work and what also that means is you can't just go cool, shoot there, let's move around here because you can't light a big old field but what you have to do is block out the sun which means moving a big 10 by 10 black up every different shot and that takes time when you haven't got time and Joe Stringer our first AD who you heard last week in the intro had scheduled to do these this big battle the end battle in four days naturally we've kind of done it in three apart from one so fair play to the whole team here yesterday was brutal but I took a moment in the madness to have a little look around and I saw all our team Working, you know, like beavers. From the art team, moving the set around because we needed to keep moving bits of set around behind people. Uh, the makeup and hair, doing final checks, putting blood on people, making sure it was all continuity correct. The actors, proper preparing mentally. And the camera team, changing a lens constantly for different setups and shots. And I thought, yeah, this is where I want to be. This is where I love to be. This is what it's all about. All that pain and all the heartache over the years. That's what it's all about for moments like that. I didn't get long, obviously, Um, (laughs) I literally did about four seconds and I think I looked at someone and went, this is cool, (laughs) and then jumped straight back in because you have to be in the moment when you're directing, you have to constantly be thinking about the camera positions, how the shot is composed, and how the actor is playing the scene, and most importantly, what is happening before and after that scene. Because if you can't cut it in properly, you're doomed in the edit and you have to fake it and try and make it work. And what I do in my head is I'm always editing as I go, as we go. So I know if I've missed a reaction or a moment or I need an extra look or I I still miss them. That's the thing, I still miss them even though I'm editing. There's so much going on, constant questions, so much to do. But as I say, filmmaking, man, it it is about compromising um, and adapting and trying to make the best film you possibly can within these means. And if you want to do this as your job, don't give up. I could have given up, but I didn't. There's 10 years of pain and problems of not knowing what I was doing and learning and just getting insanely frustrated and upset by the whole process. It is worth it, I promise you. So go out there and do it, kids. This is what this podcast is about for me, setting it up to inspire others. We have some shout-outs this week. Two. well actually i've got loads of shout outs but i'm just going to do some because obviously i haven't hardly done any shout outs for the last month or so thank you so much for all your support and love for this podcast over the time it really warms my heart and do keep going on twitter and saying you love it do keep going on instagram and do keep telling your friends Honestly, because the amount of people who say, how are you still doing the podcast when you're making films? How are you doing this? It's because of your love and support. So please do give it back. And if you like this, honestly, just tell everyone you know, because that helps us and it means the world to me. So shout outs go to Michael Wood from Performance Insurance. Anthony Woodley, James Doolan who sent me a lovely email. Uh, good luck with your career, buddy. Simon Hewlett from NBC Universal. The Female Film Club, Ben Thatcher, David York, Raven Byrne Films, uh, released their film All My Friends Hate Me Now. And, of course, our top Patreons, Marley J. Monroe and Kevin Pybus. If you want to be part of our Patreon, uh, where we're chucking in constant extra little mini-episodes or behind-the-scenes clips or bonus clips from each episode, well, pretty much each episode, like then weekly's episode, there's some bonus stuff. He says some amazing things on our Patreon, Carolina Groppa, and there's some interviews that people have done with me on there as well. Plus, the full Mark Strong episode. Go to our Patreon now, link is in the show notes. Come support us, be part of the team, and we will be part of you, not in a weird way. So <laughs> this is it. Let's get to this week's episode with myself, Dom Lemoir, and The delightful, the brilliant Nora Lacoste and her fabulous film Hab, which means cream. Enjoy. How are you? Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Nora, honestly, it's an absolute joy to have you on. The film Hab slash Cream is an absolute delight. Honestly, when Dom suggested, because obviously he went to the Paris International Film Festival, saw the film there and said, Giles, you have to see this film and get Nora on the podcast. And I watched it and Thank I you. was, I called you straight away, didn't I, Dom? And went, this is amazing. What a cool yeah. film. right just great well done I mean really really well done it's glorious
1: thank you
2: I just I said I said to Giles as soon as I I watched it it's you know you you watch films in festivals and sometimes there's there's amazing indie films and then sometimes you just watch a film and you think this is just a film that works as a film on all levels and, and it just it sort of captivates you and it was definitely that kind of experience watching it
1: yeah, yeah, it's really good to hear. Actually, because our main purpose was to somehow combine that mainstream story with an art house uh, style and way of storytelling. So yeah, maybe success. that's why.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent success, and we'll get deep into. Uh, talking about that in a bit. Uh, Dom, first of all, how come you were at the Paris International Film Festival, first of all? How many films were there in there? Can you remember? And uh, was it specific why you wanted to watch Cream? I think that the the feature competition for films
2: was quite tight. I think the actual in competition, I think think there was like uh, maybe... Five or ten, and uh, out of quite a lot of selections, like there's there's a lot of people that had entered the festival because this was its uh, its kind of first year for for uh, the Paris International. Mm. And I'd worked my way through a couple of shorts, and I wanted to watch some features, and I, I sort of you know looked at what they were, and I, I I clicked on this because my friend Johnny Johnny Cowdell had had suggested it, it was good. And I sort of clicked on it without thinking, Thinking, okay, you know, this could be good, this could be, uh, you know, an, an interesting film. And then suddenly I just sort of uh, was quite captivated by it and uh, it was kind of a surprise uh, just how good it was. I was in the film festival because I had one of my scripts in the script competition and that was the, the first time I sort of ah, entered, entered a script into a, a competition which was sort of an interesting process in itself.
0: Amazing. And, it, and and the Paris International Film Festival, which is run by Jenna Suru, right? Um, yeah. It, it won Best Director and the Jury Special Award. Is that correct? I mean, yeah. how amazing. Is it, how many did, because it, it's been in a few other film festivals as well, which is, did you put it into quite a few? Because I think that's always interesting while we're talking about film festivals, choosing which film festivals to put it in.
1: Yeah, actually, uh, now here in Hungary, there's the National Film Fund, which uh, deals with festivals in a way that then, they send the film or the big festivals. Mm-hmm. But, you know, after all, uh, you are alone or maybe with your produ- producer. But in my case, I was the one who started to search on Film Freeway. Yep. And I don't know, I, I checked all the description of the festivals. And uh, actually, it was really a big surprise for me that uh, Paris International Film Festival is such a great place. Really, it's not only that they are really enthusiastic and they make. Panels and Q&As and all that things, even it's online, but still something that I could meet so many filmmakers around the world. And they were really like Oscar winning writer was one of the jury member, Jeff Ark, who Mm. wrote uh, Sleepless in Seattle and gained Oscar. Uh, for that script and we um, then we had a panel with him and now we are emailing and all that. So, I mean, it's just fantastic that you know, I just applied that, okay, Paris, it's nice and maybe I always had this feedback that our film is a bit like, uh, has kind of French mm. atmosphere or something. Totally,
0: it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I got okay, that. Okay,
1: then maybe the French audience will like it. So let's submit it, that was it.
2: <laughs> yeah, when I when I first started watching it, I, I was I was starting to think this this kind of feels like I think especially the intro feels very much like a, a kind of a French film. Maybe it's from watching films like Chocolat and and the kind of um, you know the patisserie style. And then it's, it slowly started to, you know, I, I started to realise the characters were from somewhere else. And then I, I started to get the feel of the kind of Hungarian, you know, humour coming through. And, and I think it was an interesting mix. But there was definitely like a very strong, you know, French kind of European art house feel like right from the word go.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's gorgeous. Let's come back to cream a little bit. Let's talk about you and your start and how you got to make this a delightful film because it's your debut as well which surprised yeah. me even though obviously you've made loads of award-winning shorts and mm. uh, tv but I, I, I was just so surprised by how effortless it seemed in terms of it was just like a seasoned director had done yeah, it, this it felt maybe.
2: like a fifth film or something yeah
0: it it, it really <laughs> honestly it's really impressive it really is and so inspiring i think and, and for us, what we do on the podcast is, is talk about how we got there. Because sometimes, you know, you can listen to the bigger podcast or whatever. I say bigger, you know. Um, and they, <laughs> they often talk to directors who've already made it. And it's very difficult to connect sometimes. But for those of us who are coming up on where we're all out there trying to make films, it's fascinating to talk to other filmmakers about how they went from making a short or even getting before the short and then making the feature. So talk us through that. Because, you know, you also run an International Children's Film Festival. I, I think it's pronounced Cinemira. Is that right? Yeah. It's in yes. yeah. amazing talk <laughs> us through your process of why you okay. wanted to become a director
1: oh actually i used to be a journalist in my oh. early, early 20s and then i gave birth to my daughter and then you were like was... i don't want to be
0: a journalist anymore i've given birth, <laughs> yeah, I'm,
1: birth. I'm not a journalist anymore anyways i had this you know feeling that no matter what you write even though i was uh, a journalist uh uh in a, at a really big newspaper here in Hungary, but still, it doesn't really matter. And it was like ten years ago. So since that, I think it media um, reputation and, and and impact on world and on politicians and on business and on, on whatever just uh, became less and less. And it's uh, you know it, it, it it's sad. <laughs> it made me sad. Yeah. And and uh, and somehow I thought that I I would like to do something that it's more creative. And maybe uh, something that I create, actually, I'm not writing on something that other people do. So uh, that was maybe the trigger or something. And I I was also a, a big movie fan from my childhood. So I was watching films. Really, since, since ever, so I, I applied to the Hungarian Film Academy, which wasn't easy to get in because like five people are get admitted per wow. year.
0: Only five uh, wow, as a director.
1: Wow, wow. So okay. once I got admitted, you know, I was like the hero, the one, the, the princess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best in the world. I was riding on my bicycle, and I was so happy and all that. <laughs> I can visualize
0: that. <laughs> That's, That's like,
1: like a victory film. bicycle. <laughs> a few months later, I ended up in a in a small village, surrounded by cows and chickens <laughs> <laughs> Your bike, just has got punctured. We were by uh, the people there. So mm. the villagers, like it was the whole, and I was vegetarian, so the whole thing was really like a disaster. Oh
0: my gosh. <laughs> oh my. I imagine, yes.
1: So, yeah, there were a lot of struggles, but anyway, I just finished <laughs> the uh, the Film Academy as a director and a writer. From that point on, I started to travel around festivals. But also, it's it's always like this, that you go to one festival and it brings <laughs> so many other opportunities. Yes. Really.
0: Yeah. But festivals are great, great for that. We, yeah. we, t- recommend going to festivals as much as possible or going to cannes or go to you know and it's harder for I think as Brits we're sort of we feel oh we don't need to go abroad to these festivals but actually the doors it can open up when you do is so yeah. much better it really is um just opportunities are, are much more available or at least you can you can make them right Dom.
2: Yeah, and and not only that, you meet people in festivals that you'll never get to meet, uh, you know, like one mile down the road from you, um, (laughs) because of of just like, you know, the film industry and and how it works. People are generally a lot more open-minded for a sort of a chance, you know, meeting uh, or discussion at a festival. And all all it takes is for someone to sort of have a a few minutes and watch your film who would never have taken your email before. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you've got an opening somewhere. Yes, It's very true. And also
1: I think it's really worth to check the jury members if it's available uh, before you apply and also that what kind of pannas and professional meeting ups there going on because I think that's the most important part of it really to meet other people mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah it really is um, and it can be difficult and daunting going up to people and saying hello who you are but like you say if you're on any kind of Panel or awards, anything like that can really help because then people come up to you. So it's, but it's Mm. really important to do that as filmmakers. You sort of sometimes get out of your bubble, get out the fear factor and just go, I've got nothing to lose here. Let's just go talk to people, but it can be daunting. I totally get that. Um, So great. So you've made a couple of shorts. You've made some- Yeah, I've made
1: a couple of shorts and some documentary as well, and even an animation short. So Mm. I tried myself and then I realized that, okay, maybe I would need to earn some money as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's always the problem as filmmakers is this money, money, here. Thing, the money thing. Money yeah, thing. Who's making money here? It just gets <laughs> in the I way.
1: Maybe <laughs> I, I should buy some, you know, food and pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly yeah, and all yeah, that. That. yeah,
0: exactly. That old thing we need to <laughs> and do. And that was yeah. the point well, where I become like, the that mustache champion. Yes, <laughs> yeah? there is that. I wonder if he gets paid. How much
1: did he
2: get? He's is, sponsored is there by yeah, the there's wax. a prize
0: prize money for that?
1: Actually, <laughs> Angelia yeah. lost it, so. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you didn't get any money for that. Uh. Oh, oh, she <laughs> <course>. loses, <laughs> yeah. loses money. Yeah,
1: the younger loses money. Yeah. So finally, I I started to work for television. So uh, that was something that was really interesting for me as well. I mean, not Mm -hmm. artistic-wise, but rather technical-wise and just practical things about filmmaking and how the quickest you can be (laughs) is the most important measure of uh, doing TV sometimes. Yes.
2: Yeah. I mean, you... so did you, did you do sort of commercials and the, the documentaries for, for quite some time after you, after you graduated or was it quite a quick process?
1: I, I did some social ads for, uh, let's say, but not for, uh, not three really a commercial for big companies. I didn't do that. Actually, I didn't want it to do anything like that because I thought that, you know, it's like so terrible. I mean, I just don't really understand the whole thing that's going on there. I mean, it's really good because in short term, you get a lot of money mm. for it, but what is the price? I mean, it's
2: your soul. <laughs> your <Yeah>. soul, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I, when I, um, yeah, like many, many, many years ago, I went on a sort of a an advert for um, I think it was like a, a vodka or a, a whiskey or something. I just remember that they'd, you know, I sort of went there for work experience, and I remember that they'd been sat there for like, you know, a couple of days, you know, not deciding on what to do because, you know, the director was you know opposed to the dop and um the ad agency were sort of throwing spanner in the works and they'd barely shot anything wow. and they were you know they were they were and, and i remember suggesting <laughs> i remember I was, you know there's a lot of people that were very annoyed at me because i made a very simple suggestion that, that they, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so they were dumb. basically they were, <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to they were trying to get the um the flow of the vodka to look like it it had um you know come at a bit more speed and then they were like you know how do we change the camera and i was like why don't you just put a Put like a you know like a door wedge underneath the set and then tilt the camera up and then the, you know the, the, it, it was such a simple solution but they've been spending so much time like arguing <laughs> you know amongst each other and then obviously they reluctantly did it and then you know I, I never would credit or or give me any kind of praise for it. Well, of
0: course not. But, this but kid, that, this work yeah, experience, this literally first first them what kid, first so. But but that that was my experience.
2: It was just it was just a lot of people having ideas.
0: Yeah, that can be. I hear that a lot. You know, it's it's done by committee. You know, I've, I've been yeah. in a lot of adverts. I've made a lot of adverts. And it can sometimes be by committee and it can be difficult. Mm. But some people are very good at it and make a lot of money. But to get there, you've almost got to be doing that full time. You know, and when yeah. you want to make films and TV, sometimes it can be a different path. I know people are doing both and they're very successful, but it's very yeah, difficult. Yeah. So it'd be really interesting to talk about, because that TV series was successful. Did that help you get cream made then? how uh, Talk us through that process of you know, now you make in the successful TV show, you're directing your over a hundred episodes and now you're the opportunity to direct the feature. How did it happen? Cause you wrote it. Talk us through that whole process of why this story, how you got the funding uh, and uh, how, and then we'll talk about directing it.
1: Actually, I don't know how it's in the UK, but here in Hungary, there is only one place where you can apply with your project. So it's like a, it's really centralized in a way. Okay. And there is a five member committee who decides on on your project and that's it so once you if you don't get it for example i i applied for two times before cream and once we get uh the development uh, money so then first if you're lucky enough then you get the uh, money for development and then you are writing your script for one or one and a half year long and being each draft you have to submit and they have to approve and then you can go on whether or not and that's that's the way it goes so it's now actually i'm with my second feature i'm in the process of the developing phase and uh, we had the same with cream as well but actually i was developed before cream i was developing a feature film for children or for families and uh, based on a a quite famous novel here in hungary and uh, we got the development money and at the end of the development, they said that, ah, oh, it would be too expensive, sorry, we don't give you the money. Oh. Uh, for the production, I was like, okay, I'm killing myself. I of will course. never, ever apply to this place. And I was really mad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that, actually, it's really like a tale, but it's true. And that that uh, very day when uh, I got, received this email. The
0: rejection uh, email, yeah. The
1: rejection email, the producer who I worked with before many times for, with my short, just called me that uh, there is a script written by Frujina Fakata who uh, is an English teacher? Otherwise, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, she wants to be a writer, and uh, they and and won a script contest with this first draft. And he offered this to me that if I would interest it, then we could work together on it. Wow. So I read the script, and um, we started to work together with Fujina, mm-hmm. who that time lived in Malaysia in Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> uh-huh. So we were okay. developing truth via Skype, which you know it was like four years ago. So it, it wasn't so typical like now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> much more
0: difficult with yeah. much more problems. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so we developed it together and then, uh, yeah, for another year or something. And then uh, we applied for production, pre-production first and then um, production money. Right. And once you get the pre-production, it's like 90, 95% that you're going to get the production as well. Wow.
0: Yeah. How long does it usually take? So the first project you did, which is a children's idea, how, how long was that process? Was it about a year? of developing
1: normally, uh, the development phase takes something like maybe a year or mm-hmm. a year and a half or something like that. And um, yeah, the pre production uh, for cream, it was uh, six months. Okay, so I stopped uh, the TV show in January and we started to shoot in the beginning of July.
2: Right. And how was the process of sort of collaborating with the, you know, the body that was paying for the development? Did you did you sort of you know, agree generally on on the idea of the project and the direction it was going or there any uh, areas where it was a bit of a challenge to kind of meet eye uh, to eye?
1: I think that they, uh, it wasn't so strict. So once you got to develop on things, sometimes they they say something or advise something. For example, there's a previous version uh, of the script, but we were thinking of not having uh, a straight happy ending. For example, right. but rather um, stay with an open ending. And the committee, one of the members of the committee said that they don't really recommend this because, you know, it's a, it's a genre film and it's a romantic comedy and mm-hmm. audience support for the two to get together and make it at the end. Yes. And now, with this script, of course, it wouldn't be imaginable <laughs> to yeah. not have a happy ending. But with that script, I, I think that we could even go that way as well. But uh, they really wanted us to make a film that is a kind of blockbuster in a Hungarian term, which means that, okay, that more than 100,000 people are going to watch it. And of course, uh, at the end, we <laughs> we got some struggle with that yes. because of the pandemic, but uh, but we had um, a premiere in last mm. September uh, in the nice. Hungarian cinemas, and like twenty five thousand people watched it, which was a quite good wow. number. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. A few weeks, uh, in the big in the. Big, big pandemic. Uh, second, the first day of the second wave of the pandemic uh, was the day when we had the premiere.
2: Excellent. <laughs> right. wow.
1: All the headlines is that the second wave is here, and the other headlines is cream is here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> cream of the pandemic. That's
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the cream always rises. Um, so, <laughs> Like the pandemic did. Um, I was trying to find a really good pun and it didn't work. But anyway, you, you, yeah, <laughs> this is, I, I love that. I think that's a really interesting way. And it's. It is a shame in Britain that we we kind of do that a little bit, but also we don't. Like mm. I hear that in Sweden they do that. It's kind of a conveyor belt. And once you're in the system of making yeah. movies, you keep making movies and you keep on that world. And if you're talented like you are, it's a it's a decent system. I do feel sorry for the rest of the filmmakers in Hungary, though. If only five, you know, out of however many. You know, don't Don't. now they don't get to make a film at all. It's tough, but I'm sure it's
1: not easy. I don't know, like maybe eight to twelve feature film is produced in Hungary per year, so Uh. it's not that much. And I mean Mm. that we at at least there are one hundred or one hundred and fifty directors who are real directors and experienced ones, and uh, Mm. and, uh, yeah, so it's not easy. uh, Yeah, it's a high competition.
0: Yeah.
2: No, absolutely. So do the writing process, um, you know, h- how did you learn to write and, and you know, what's what's your kind of process for, for that? Do you do you like to work with other writers or have someone sort of guiding you? Like, you know, how how your how's it work for you?
1: With my short films, I wrote almost all the sh- yeah all the short films I wrote by myself. But some of them were uh, adaptations. Yeah, we wrote a few scripts with a friend of mine who we worked together with the uh, Children's Film Academy as well. Because we are really good friends, it wasn't it, it was never really difficult. So sometimes we of course we had a fight or something over over the story, <laughs> but otherwise we could work together quite well. And uh, and now what was really interesting, I went to a few international workshop like script development workshops that have a lot and I read all the books of course that it's uh, available Mm -hmm. and now I'm in a uh, in a really good script development workshop called Sinekit Script Lab actually which uh, which based on in Amsterdam but of course it was online this time Mm -hmm. and uh, what is really interesting that not only that we went through the whole script and we developed it for six months that it's just finished a few few weeks ago and started in October it's really good that you have like a long-term workshop it's not like that you go there for five days and then you leave and that's it but uh, it's also really helpful that uh, I from treatment to the first draft I could develop my story and I had a coach who was an absolutely perfect coach for this story I think and she had a dialogue masterclass that I've never had before. Mm. And also, I think that even these big how-to-write screenplays doesn't really exist, that kind of chapter, isn't
0: it? Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, can yeah. find a chapter
1: yeah. about how to write a good dialogue. That was mind-blowing for me, really. It was so good that, oh, there are rules for that too. And that really helped a lot for me now to develop my second feature, for example.
0: Yes. When you did, as as just touching on what Dom said there, I suppose, in terms of when you do sit down to write, what's your process? Do you literally go, oh, I've got an idea. I'm just going to start writing. Do you have notepads full? Do you have things all over the wall? What's your process there?
1: Yeah, it's still uh, when it's an adaptation, of course. Then I have the story already. When not, then many times I have like a, a topic or a theme that it's important for me, and then I start to write. First, I, I I try to nowadays. Before I didn't do that, but I think it's better what I do now. That I try to find the structure in a way. So I try to say that okay, what what is what would be the story? What what would be the heart of the story? only how to express it in one or two mm-hmm. sentences and then also the characters I, I, I work a lot with the characters now and mm-hmm. there are you know the, you have these character uh, cards as well mm-hmm. with all these archetypes and I like that very much too and then sometimes just discover that and then also I really try to find that okay this character is really similar to someone who I know or someone who I met, or something, and I think it's also something that's really helpful uh, for, for at the beginning, and and to just go and dive into the real problems, the real, this real want and need is something that I have to find in the uh, at the beginning, and beside this, which is like the conscious thing, mm-hmm. the unconscious that I, uh, which is fun, and I think that's the most important part of it, just to to uh, have fun while you're Mm. writing, because otherwise it's a horror. (laughs) It's a way to have, yeah. But it's like these images. So I search many times, once I have a story, kind of, something embryo of a story for example mm-hmm. <laughs> then I start to search for images and that helps me a lot because for me production design and image and you know the style of the film is really important at the end and it uh, also helps a lot because it gives ideas and it's also really good to apply to as many contests and uh, founds and whatever uh, it's possible mm-hmm. because many times you just have to rewrite the whole thing and and that that helps to clarify yourself what you really want Mm. and and that's why it's good otherwise it's really tiring and (laughs) (laughs) it takes your time like uh, so it's, it's, it's not easy and what is really really hard i think is to make your schedule because you know especially nowadays that you are at home and it seems like that this is the paradise for a writer because you don't have to go anywhere so and <laughs> you cannot go to anywhere. Yeah. So you just sit down and write. And then, oh, maybe I should do the washes. Uh-huh, maybe I should yeah. cook something. Maybe mm-hmm. I should make a call. And I find out <laughs> yep. like everything except for writing, yeah. <laughs> which yep. is not good. So now I have this uh, time schedule that, okay, I wake up around eight or nine o'clock and then I do yoga. And then around 10, then I have a breakfast and around 10 I start writing and I really I do have this timetable and then from 10 to 1 three hours it's like really a long term Mm, (laughs) and I focus and I don't really stand up I sit there and I write and then I, I have a break and if I'm and maybe that's it <laughs> but, but still <laughs> the afternoon I just do some other stuff yeah. but at the end of the but day just relax then the deadline <laughs> is coming <laughs> <You're> <laughs> closer and closer then I have the same uh, three hours uh, schedule um, in the afternoon as well and that's really helpful yeah well
0: I totally I the fact even if you just did three hours a day that's more than most people do yeah. it's so hard yeah. it's so easy to procrastinate it's so easy to go oh I'm just going to tidy the room oh I'm just going to do this oh I'm just going to go on Twitter oh I'm just going to go on and it stops you writing and focusing on what you need to do and it's so important and you are so right to do that schedule or schedule i don't know how you, which is the correct way of pronouncing that well if you're in
2: america it's schedule, schedule. <laughs> if, it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's in the uk it's schedule and in hungarian
0: it's,
1: <laughs> it's Idobe- there we go uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> i find coffees like my my kind of writing tool um oh, so like yeah. you know I, I get up in the morning I, I i get myself you know i go for a walk and get myself a coffee I come back and then I'm sort of I'm running on the coffee for like, you know, a couple of hours in the morning. I, I find that's that's like a really good way to get that kind of morning morning focus.
0: I, do, I, I struggle in the morning sometimes. I think I'm a night owl and the reason why I like to write at night is because no one else can disturb me. You know, in terms yeah, of yeah. the day you might get a call or this at night, less people are disturbing me, so I can just turn everything off and not worry about it. So yeah, I'm I'm much more of a night person,
1: but when I write nighttime, then I always have to drink something aside. I mean, oh, mean at like,
0: least a, w- like wine or
1: a bottle of wine yeah. bottle. or whiskey
0: yeah. or something. bottle b- of vodka, bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the hungover Depends. thing. <laughs> How do you get up at eight when you do that? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah,
1: then I don't wake up at eight. Right, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I don't have to because I have already worked during the night. Exactly, nighttime. you've
2: done the night, yeah. I find like night night writing, I can I can do some really like that's when I get something like really inspired is when it's in, in the sort of the twilight zone Yes. but I, I can't sort of do it as a routine like I, I could never say okay, I'm going I'm to start writing at like 11pm or you no. know 12 but so, sometimes when you have those genius moments it is at, the, at that time I find
0: yeah and also writing with other people it's not fair on them because you have certain <laughs> schedules or schedules yeah, see or you at 1 <laughs> yeah exactly I'll see you at 1am when I'm ready and they're going what so I, you're I, drunk of <laughs> exactly, course I am um, <laughs> Yeah, but, but right so I'll do that in the day writing with other people But yeah, but that way I much prefer it because I'm bounce off people. Whereas if it's on my own, I have to really concentrate. So difficult, I find. So Cream is about the love of 34-year-old Dora's life. Uh, She's broken up with him. Uh, A worse, he has remarried. Her only joy, the pastry shop she owns, also appears to be lost. She makes up her mind to get both her ex-boyfriend and the pastry shop back, even if it means she has to lie. If you like Amelie in any way, shape or form, you will love this movie. It's just, honestly, it's a delight. And your lead cast, which I think is uh, Miklos and uh, Vika is that right
1: uh, Vita actually yeah, Vita, uh, yeah it's it. Eve yes. uh, it's a nickname for Eve or a short name for Eve oh is year. it oh yeah. okay. they they were, honestly
0: both fabulous to be honest I thought your whole cast was incredible the little boy was incredible oh the boy the boy was <laughs> yes. so funny I mean I, the, the,
2: the, the, those those two are, are like just faultless performances but yeah. that boy is just like an absolute like gem um, yes and every single scene he's just <laughs> he's
0: pure genius absolutely well, his, was he has he been in other things or was he just plucked from obscurity
1: uh no actually i had a casting director who really focuses on uh children
0: mm-hmm.
1: so and she brought uh, eric to me mm-hmm. uh and introduced me and uh but she, uh, yeah he had some experience before so he made some commercials and also some international films but only for a few days she, uh, he had this few days shooting so that was the
0: the, the biggest draw. Amazing. Yeah. Well, let's t- let's talk through how you made it then, and the difference between TV, which you were doing, and then making this feature. Talk about your planning of it, because obviously you've come on board without the you know coming up with this inception yourself. Someone else has said, "Hey, do you want to jump on this?" And then you're developing that. Talk about the actual. Moment when you know you're going to direct this now, and what was your planning going into that? Were you storyboarding, shot listing, working with the DP? Talk us through all that, It'd be really interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I was quite lucky enough with the crew actually because the costume designer is my stepsister, actually. Uh, <laughs> and also, DOP, the cinematographer, we worked together for like five short films previously, so we knew each other quite well. Mm-hmm. And the most challenging part uh, was uh, finding the main location Uh because originally uh, we were seeking for a lake Surrounded by four or five wooden houses, you know, it's like this Mm -hmm. typical summer camp. And it was quite important that all these families stay separately because they have secrets and it's just easier to not sneak out all these informations and all that. So, uh, But we couldn't find anything like that. I mean, we found a lot of things that many, many places that were good are supposed to be good, but that they were like, uh, already rented. (laughs) Uh, Because, you know, people renting their house and their holiday house in January for the summer, really, I was so surprised, but it was like that. So it was just impossible. And we were searching for this location for like four months. Uh, without any result <laughs> so and then uh, once we we found this uh, castle that i have already known because i scouted it for another story before and then it's just it was just uh, yeah i loved that it's uh, elegant. And it's really um, beautiful. It's an old castle. At the same time, there's a big garden. Mm. Uh, There are so many different places and parts that we can really use. And finally, we shot there for 22 days. So it was really important to have like very different part of the uh, castle Uh, at the same time it's the same place so it's really good that we don't have to travel from one place to another and we don't mm-hmm. waste time so we had to change the whole concept and right. uh, and actually i think that you know sometimes when you force to con- to change your concept at the end you get something that is better than you originally had and yes. that's why i think it's really important to be flexible because you know it's nothing is like you really d- dreamt and <laughs> you planned mm. and uh, uh, if you're not flexible enough then you get a heart attack and then you don't have a good term. <laughs> i think yeah, so I don't think have it, a heart attack yeah stuff. please
0: don't but it's top it. Top but I think it's actually vital to be to be flexible on the day and to, you know, even beforehand to just, you know, even if you've got a set thing in your mind, it's always going to change. And if you're not flexible, then you can't be a good director. I think it, you just have to be open to the changes and the issues and the problems and then just adapt. That becomes better. Like you say, you now had a... I love the location. I thought it was really cool yeah, and interesting.
2: It's, it's really, really, really charming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was gorgeous. What about your directing process then in terms of working with, you know, mm-hmm. the team and the, the talent, You like I say, you had was... felt like, like I say, a really experienced team and filmmaker and cast. What's your process working with them and getting those performances that you
1: did? Actually, what was really important because uh, we wanted to make kind of elevated uh, fairy tale yeah surrounded atmosphere and and production design and stylish one so we really had to work together with the production designer the costume designer and the cinematographer and me we had many many conversation meeting and particularly with the colors, for example. That like, okay, what color do you have? And, and also we had a lot of characters in a se- in the scenes, which means that there are six characters and all ha- all the dresses mm-hmm. and costumes has to fit somehow with the background. How do we do that? And so we really planned all that uh, i mean i'm um, um, for me colors are really important so <laughs> i was always like thinking on what shades of uh, pink or what shades of blue should we have for like months so that was really something that <laughs> we went mm-hmm. into the, the, the very detail and um, i rehearsed a lot especially with vita the main character the lead because we couldn't really find her partner from for for quite like for like six weeks, we were desperately searching for the man <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> without result, of course. And then finally, uh, Lance Matray, who became uh, her partner, was already custody in the story, in the in the film, uh, for another role. And then we just shift that. And that, that's how it went. So that's why uh, I, I was see. lucky enough to uh, rehearse uh, with Vita. We rehearsed almost all the important scenes and almost mm. all the scenes she had. And then we could go to the location and that's why I didn't do storyboard, but we had a photo board, for example. I prefer that much better that go on location and, you know, there are so many applications when you can really take photos with the same lens as you plan to Mm -hmm. have later on the shooting. So we we could just photo through the whole locations and also we recorded with mobiles uh, a few scenes, uh, just to have the choreography because, you know, many times the room, the size of the room is something that you have to know. And then mm-hmm. um, you have to know that, okay, what was the size of the bed, for example, and how can he go around and how can you follow it? So they, these tiny details that you really don't, it's impossible to plan it, or it's not really effective at the end that you're planning, uh, on your table you have to go there. And, uh, we were lucky enough to, um, yeah, we had like two or three days, uh, on location and, uh, for rehearsal. And of course, before we made a lot of rehearsal, um, just, um, nearby to the studio where we are the office. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, I, I think it's so important that rehearsal time as much as you can get, it really changes things when you're on set, you're not discussing things that you know it, it, what happened in 1984 to the character or whatever you've done all that it's now working on the scene and what's happening right there and then is vital so the more rehearsal you can have the better
2: and getting and getting used to the location as well i mean that's that's yeah. that's something incredibly useful because sometimes you um you know not everyone in the in the, in the team on, a, on an indie film, gets to see the location beforehand or you lose something last minute and then suddenly everyone's stuck there. And then what you're doing is you're kind of spending time when you, you, know, you should be kind of working on, on the story and, and shooting on, like, working out technical problems. And it, it's a uh, it's, it's really good idea to, to get onto location earlier if you can totally with your crew. Is.
0: What about when you're actually on set then? Because you've done your rehearsals, you've done your locations, and now you're on set and you're working with your DP and your, or your cast. What's your mindset? what are you thinking? What's how, what's a good place to be for directors out there and filmmakers out there? What, what have you learned? That is a good way to focus?
1: Yeah, it's it's not easy because, you know, I think that during the shooting, at least me, but I think all directors is in a very different state of mind than ever before and after. So Mm -hmm. it's something that's special and it's a, it's, you have a really big pressure on yourself. Actually, you put a real big pressure on mm. yourself, and of course, some other people as <laughs> well do yes, the same yeah. with you. But, uh, but it's e- more, much more easier to handle the other people than yourself, I think. And that's something that it's really important to relax yourself and try to focus. And what helps that you really have to make decisions like every two minutes that okay, uh, this table and uh, and I, whatever. The spoon, costume yes yeah, uh, the, the tiniest thing to from the tiniest to the largest thing it's really really like you always have to make decisions but it's really good for example once I finish a shooting day I go to an elementary shop I'm standing there and for two hours I try to figure out that which chocolate should I buy <laughs> really i like, yeah. like, you Can't know, make decisions I had anymore. All the decisions yeah. that I could make, I made, yes. and now I'm impossible uh, to make any more. I don't <laughs> mean.
2: chocolate's an important decision, so right, it is yeah. is a, I'm, really I'm fully with you on that one. At the
1: end, you have to choose one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, no, but no, I agree with that. Sometimes. So when you when you come back to your family or you you know your friends after you've been shooting and like you say you've made decisions every day everything's about to you come back honestly it's like your brain's gone to mush you cannot make a decision to save your life yeah. nothing
2: it's, it's simple stuff like you yeah. know you yeah. <laughs> like would, you like, you would you like a tea or a coffee coffee you you like, um, and you're like
0: um, I don't know I kind of do I, I don't really yeah. <laughs> I don't know. could you mix it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never do that it doesn't no, work. never never
1: <laughs> never
0: doesn't <work>. <laughs> yeah. but it's true it's isn't that so funny? And, and those people who aren't in the industry don't really get that. So it's, that's why I would suggest do not go straight into the edit afterwards, you know, give yourself that break. Right. Mm.
1: But mainly what it's really, because sometimes, um, you know, that if you already have the rehearsal and everybody knows what to do and all that, then Mm -hmm. probably you are in a safe place, but still for some reason, uh, many times, those scenes that um, before appear to you that it's going to be really difficult goes really well and easy. And then, out of the blue, <laughs> a scene just doesn't work, and you don't understand why. I mean, it's just so easy, and then nobody ever suspects that it's <laughs> going to turn out so bad. And then, when you see you know, the first rehearsal or after the first ca- um, yeah, take on
0: camera, that, yeah, take yeah.
1: Uh, it's like. It's, it's like a disaster, it's terrible, it's it's impossible to have it. And then you have this panic uh, method yeah. that you have, that okay, you have to do something right now, you have to figure out how to tell these really nice actor, actors and actresses that it's just so bad, or even to the cinematographer <laughs> that yeah, yeah. it's not a picture or whatever. Yeah. And then you have to calm yourself down first and then you have to be a psychologist because of course even you just go out and say that okay we have to change the whole thing because it's just so bad like this or something okay. then everybody starts panicking as well yes. especially <laughs> the actors and actresses so you have to say that okay no problem everything is fine That's just maybe that's good yeah. and then they were uh, they lo- lose the whole thing maybe so It's what is really interesting in shooting and with the crew that every day I think almost. Every day or every second day, there's someone who has a bad day or has a nervous breakdown or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or emotionally, <laughs> just they go and... Uh, Some days right everyone.
0: <laughs> yes. And yes. then it's
1: like, uh, sometimes it's you, sometimes it's someone else. And it's important to not <laughs> have... <the laughs> so it's always have to be someone who, who brings all the p- other people out of this state of mind and especially this should be the director. So actually what is really good uh, with me that but it's a kind of like personality thing that uh when something is really really when when really bad things happening with me then i'm more relaxed than ever i'm like like a Buddha mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, okay yes solve this so uh i i, I have problems when it's uh, when it's only a uh, little problem.
2: I think, I think that's a really, um, I think that's a really like, it's nice to hear such an honest, um, Mm, it is. Yeah. uh, You know, explanation of that process. And, And I think you've tapped on something like really, really interesting as well, which is that as a director, if you don't necessarily have, you know, this grand solution to the crisis, you just have to do it bit by bit until the solution becomes you know it might be on you might give them some notes on take two that that solve some of the problems and then it's not till take four that you've really figured out you know how you're going to fix this scene um but by doing it bit by bit you, know, you sort of keep it under control and you keep it calm and and you gradually nudge it in in a direction until you have an idea what to do as well
0: Yes, you got to be the leader, right? In those situations, you've just got to, even if you don't know what you're doing, or you have, you think this is, oh my god, just it's almost like you just have to sort of keep grinding through yeah. until it's something or come to, do to you. something until you do something exactly, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, but it's also sometimes for me, I think it's trust that it's really important that if you are surrounded with mm-hmm. a few creative uh, partners, like uh, your cinematographer or. Uh, production designer, costume designer. So those people in the head of the creative department uh, are your friends and you trust them and you understand uh, and you have the same taste and you uh, really know what you want and everybody's working for the same story and the same style and the same thing. So once you have that during the preparation, then it's really easy to say that, okay, guys, the thing is that now it doesn't work. This doesn't work at all. Mm. So, and I think that maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that. But then, of course, there is many different consequences that it, Mm. it comes because you have to change so many things. And once that you have, you know, the light set, already then Mm -hmm. if you change the whole choreography or if you change the whole um framing then you have to rewrite lighting the whole scene which takes like hours and it's impossible and you look like an amateur otherwise so it's just impossible to do for many reasons so then uh, you really have to trust your cinematographer and maybe have a conversation that what is your real problem and how can we solve it and that's figure it out together and maybe ask for five and t- or ten minutes coffee break mm-hmm. and then go with those who can really help you and then discuss the things I think that's really important not to be ashamed of that something doesn't really work the way supposed or, or you thought it will because otherwise you cannot change at the end so it's like so expensive to reshoot something yeah. and then once you are just sitting in the editorial room and just to face that oh thats bad you cannot do anything
2: and i was gonna say like it's it's a question of being brave um in in those moments because you know the 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 natural tendency is you know you're under a lot of stress it's like well maybe it will be all right but but there's a part of you that knows it won't be all right um and it's 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 those moments when you have to make those like really difficult okay this is going to take a lot longer but it will get it right because you have to think about it in advance and i always try and think about okay what would i say to myself in the edit and, and it would be like, well, you're saving yourself 10 times the pain by fixing it now, even if it's going to overrun than, than, you know, having something useless in the edit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's so important. I love that. Don't be ashamed because we can feel that way sometimes Mm. as directors when we're on set. We suddenly go, oh God, everyone's going to just think I don't know what I'm doing or I've I've lost the plot or whatever. But actually, if you hold your hands up and go, yeah, I'm struggling here, guys. This isn't working for me. Anyone thoughts, here's what I'd like. Maybe anyone, you know, again, you don't necessarily have to throw it out to the world. But at the same time, putting your hands up and going, yeah, this is wrong. Is okay it's like you say um, Nora as long as you've got that trust you've, you've you've gained that trust and you have amazing people around you you're in that position it's when you don't and you hear those horror stories of where people are you know oh God, I can't imagine having a terrible time with my DP I'd just hate it it would just be like you, if you were clashing it'd just be awful and that's why I think it's really important that you connect with them before you bring them on board you know you really have to make sure you're on the same page I think absolutely was there anything else you learnt while, while shooting Cream then that You're going to take forward as well in terms of what, you know, it's it's a long, it's like a TV episode is contained within that. But yet the characters continue. So you don't necessarily need a beginning, (laughs) middle and end. Whereas here you need a beginning, middle and an end and you have to get it done. What, What else did you learn?
1: Actually, uh, besides all these artistic things and also that you have to be really flexible and, and, yeah, find really good good crew members and also good casting because Mm -hmm. otherwise, if you screw up the casting uh, period, then you will never get a good result at the end. So it's... uh, it's really hard to instruct people who's not a good actor or actress or not good for that role.
0: And really, it doesn't matter how good a director you are. You, if someone yeah. can't act, it's really hard in a short space yeah. of time yeah, to so get I them did, to I do
1: think that uh, pre-production is one of the most important uh, part of, uh, of the whole shooting process mm-hmm. or uh, the whole production process. And for that, don't rush to get there, shoot it but rather plan and and try everything out before you go there. so it's something that I learned and, and and another thing that I think it's really important especially when I was a student I never knew that and now I'm facing with this uh, that it's that even though you are a director or a writer so you are in a kind of like an art person, you still really, have to read your contract before you sign it Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that it's really important and probably you will not understand the whole thing because it's like another language so you really gotta get a lawyer uh, who helps you out and explain what you're going to sign so at least the first thing that at least you should know because then you not get surprised (laughs) And the second that it's better if you can add something or erase things that you think that it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's something that it's really important and nobody's doing it. So I was signing contracts for years without even reading it. And um, yeah. I never really had a problem with it because, you know, when you make a short film, no one cares because it, uh, mm. there's no money involved in it. So it's only artistic. And sometimes if you have the money, then you apply for festivals and that's it. When, when you make a TV show, then uh, usually you don't write it and all that. So mm-hmm. it's okay. It's already on yeah, a you channel. You get the money, yeah. Uh, yeah. you have fun <laughs> and all that. It's also good. But once you get to make your feature film, which takes like two, three years of your life and it's became becomes your baby and it's getting just more and more important and you sleep with it, you wake up with it, you do everything with it, you cut all your friendship and everything and it's a, <laughs> that is your life for two or three years, mm-hmm. then I think it really counts that uh, what decisions can you make? For example, like uh, for the poster of the film, it's the distributor or maybe the producer and the distributor or maybe the founder who tells that, how the, your poster should look like. And maybe you hate it. Mm, and yeah. uh, so about the trailer. So it's not that you're going to edit your trailer because everybody says that, oh, you don't understand how to sell and you don't understand your own film and da da And sometimes it's <laughs> true. Sometimes it's not. I think it's yeah. it's like a combination. I think it's good that there is a new perspective involved in the marketing. But also, it's important, I think, to involve the director as well and just to find a fine balance mm. with it. And sometimes it can happen without any contract, but sometimes not. And if it's not, then it can be really painful. And it's only just one little thing of it. But, you know, I think that it's important. For example, just to submit submit your film to a festival, you Mm -hmm. need the right for that too. Because... Yeah, uh, you're not the one who found funded the film, so financed the film. So
0: yeah, or if you want to put it in cinemas, or you want to take it on tour of schools, whatever yeah. it may be, or make a VHS copy of it for just for yeah. novelty factor, you <laughs> need to have back that into in your the contract. 80s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're quite they're becoming <laughs> impu- they're becoming popular again. But it's all those little things that if you want to do that. You must make sure they're in your contracts or you must know about them. So, yeah, I totally agree. You've got to learn. It's a business, isn't it, at the end of the day? And we can't just go through our filmmaking careers not understanding that. We have to understand that. Otherwise, we get burnt and we get, you know, the posters we don't want or the, you know, release where we don't want or we can't do anything with it afterwards or festivals. So, it really is important. That's great advice. I love that. Um, Talking of distribution then for it, because it's the Hungarian film board... Do there is there a, a same thing, like you say, you had your cinema release. And again, if it wasn't for COVID, it would have it, been even bigger and a, you know, a big, big splash, even more so than I feel it is. In terms of Europe and the rest of the world, how does it work? Do they then just sell it on? Do you have any involvement in that?
1: Yeah, uh, I don't. But uh, yeah, the board has the international uh, right mm-hmm. uh, for selling the film. And now because uh, our lead is... Um, Partly Slovakian, partly Czech, and partly Hungarian. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now uh, it was an advantage. So Czech distributor, both of them already, it's going to hit the Czech publics Cinema uh, this summer, and also, uh, which is really good that HBO bought the film. So, we have the oh, premiere wow. in July on HBO. Wow. It's also really cool. And yeah, we are still waiting for some other. We have a German uh, co producer, so it's also possible maybe that German would be interested once. Mm -hmm. so that's how we are right
0: now that is amazing Um, do we know anything about England at all? not yet there's definitely distributors I know who love this movie it's always harder yeah I think it'll be popular over here yeah very much so it is always harder when it's a foreign language but it it doesn't matter you know it's an award winning film that deserves recognition because it's so gorgeous Um, you know it really is you've you've done such a great job I loved all the cakes I loved all the colours I loved the palette even the umbrellas were all matching i loved i loved all that it really added to it and it it gave a sense of style that you brought across and feeling of this film that was whimsical and delightful and we really wanted them to get together yeah exactly you know and I, i loved i loved it i thought i thought you'd done a fantastic job i can't wait to see what you do next which sounds like it's a A novel adaptation, is that right? Yeah, it's
1: a Dutch, actually, it's a multi-award winning Dutch novel, So, and we are uh, about to make it in an international co-production. Maybe it's going to be shot in English as well. Oh, wow, um, okay. For some obvious reasons. (laughs) Yes, yes, (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: yeah. Just make it easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To
1: maybe sell maybe it would be easier to distribute around the world later on. And actually, it's a family film, which is something that it's important for me mm-hmm. uh, to you know just to, to make make films uh, quality films for children and families. And um, I think it's uh, there's a lack of this genre. I think like everywhere mm-hmm. in the world, in a way that's you know wrong side. Sitting uh with my daughter and trying to figure out what to watch, then we just um, have to face that oh, we've seen all that we uh, we, were, we would be interested in, so mm. it's like mm, what to watch so now i'm making a film to watch
0: <laughs> I
2: love that yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's am- I think it's amazing because uh, i mean i I personally think that like watching films probably taught me. As much, if not more, than school like about life, and you know, like, mm. like you know, so yeah. many different things, yeah. and and to have those kind of things that really affect children is, is like really, really powerful, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. You can have a difference on their lives, and it really, really can. Yeah, films affect everyone, talks about what their favorite film is as a child, you know, and it, it does affect you. And if you can have any kind of say in that and actually make a difference in doing good then wow that's wonderful I think so very excited to see what you do next and honestly yeah. well done on this I can't wait for it to come out in the UK so that our lot can see it and in America HBO in July that's super exciting um, and let's talk and see if there's anyone we can get this to to help though it sounds yeah. like your Hungarian border already pretty good <laughs> but we'll uh, we'll do what we can for sure are you on socials are you on the social media can people find you there at all I yeah,
1: am. I'm on Facebook and Instagram so
0: yeah what's the name is it Lakos Nora
1: yeah it's uh, yeah, because you know, in Hungary, it's not like Nora Lakosh, but it's Lakos Nora, so you are the other way around. You do it the
0: other way around, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. So you'd be Lenoir John. It's like the Aldous Japanese, actually.
1: We have the same thing with Japanese. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Lakos Nora, and the thing the same on Instagram as well. And yeah, we have the Cinemedia Children's Film Festival too, through that. Uh, and also, we have uh, the Cream has a Facebook and Instagram mm. uh, page as well. It's Hob film because cream is hub h-a-b
0: so yeah. which is super great i'll put all that in the show notes so people can follow yeah, you cool. and hopefully it'll be out soon for everyone to see but honestly um nora this has been a delight thank you for your time yeah, it's been a real pleasure thank yeah you. yeah for you too real pleasure <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. uh dom you can find him at uh de dom Lemoir on all the platforms correct that's true yeah see if you can do mine
2: you can find Giles at Giles Alderson or the Filmmakers Pod yes, on Facebook Dom.
0: Twitter and Instagram yes <laughs> welcome welcome uh, if you do like this do tell your pals uh, and if you really like this go on IMDB IMDB you can go on there and give it a review because we are on there now but um, you can go on iTunes and then give it a lovely five star review that would mean the world to us go out there make your indie film you can do it just as Nora has done and if you're lucky enough to rise up like the cream to the top it is your duty send the (laughs) elevator back down thank you everyone so much for listening it's a joy as always we love all your comments and support go out keep going making your films make it happen you can do it we believe in you thank you again nora thank you thanks nora (laughs) cheers dom you've been a star Um, we'll see you all on tuesday take care see you there bye bye bye.